Welcome to the New Life Podcast. We are a church in Masson, Ohio, and our goal is to let everyone know that God can give them new life. So whether you are local to our area or you are just tuning in for some encouragement today, I pray that this episode will bless and propel you forward to live that life that God has called you to live. First Peter chapter number two. If you would have your Bibles and would turn with me. Amen. First Peter chapter number two, verse number nine. If you are a studier of the word, you probably have heard this scripture. If not, this is a good one for you. This is your first time in a Pentecostal church. Amen talking about you he says but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation and a peculiar people so let me pause and see this is why I said for some of y'all this is going to be a good verse if this is your first time here today because some things that may have happened may seem a little peculiar to you it's not that we're all just crazy not going to deny some of the level of craziness in the building this morning, which I am the chief among. But the Bible says that we are a peculiar people, so it's biblical. You should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I am honored today, blessed. First of all, my wife has been studying her lesson that she taught this morning for probably a year. Uh, and I asked, she asked me if I've ever taught on James before, and I said, yeah, not very long ago. I did about five or six weeks on the book of James. And she said, I don't remember. So she did phenomenal this morning. And uh, I get to follow that. Not fair. Amen. I'd like to talk to you this morning, very simple. Uh, I'm feeling very heavy with this this morning. Just a simple title God changed my life and so today might just be a little bit of a testimony biblically of what God has done for Keith so if you'd allow me this morning to just bring forth this word to you in this manner I would appreciate it God has definitely changed my life and the process has not stopped amen Lord we're so grateful to be in your presence today on this day that you have made specifically for us. This is a beautiful day, and it's a wonderful day to worship and praise you. We have set aside this time to come together with people of like faith and friends to do such and to worship and to praise your holy name. Allow us to receive this today, Lord. Anoint this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen? Amen. Why don't, before we're seated, why don't we just turn to somebody and say, you look good this morning, and I hope you're going to get with the preacher. Amen. For those of you that had to lie, we exonerate you. Let me begin by saying this morning that a real relationship with Jesus not only changes people, but it entirely changes the character of the person who knows him. Second Corinthians tells us, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things 
are in the past. And things now have become new. When you give your life to Jesus, your views, your tendencies, the actions that you take, from that day on in your life, there should be actions of change in your life. Because when you find God, all things become new. So that's why some today in the service can clap their hands and say amen and get a little excited because for them, the act of renewal of the life that they're living now that has been changed, it, it, they're thankful for the act of what some theologians call the act of regeneration. And the literal meaning of regeneration is born again. There is a birth that all of us have to go through to have life, and that is the, our first birth. But for some, when they're blessed, they find this second birth of being born again of regeneration. The first, as Jesus said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, is of the flesh. And the second birth is of the spirit. Being born of the spirit is essential because before a person can enter into the kingdom of God, Every biblical command to man to undergo a radical change of character from being self-centered to God-centered is in effect to appeal for us to be born again. Regeneration extends to the total nature of man, bringing the inner being to life by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In other words, from the beginning of our life, we are born and shapen in sin. We are born sinners. It is the ignorant that says, I'm born a sinner and I'm thankful for it. Because you don't know, you haven't been taught, you haven't been shown, you haven't learned the life that begins when you are born again. I have four people in the house today that's been born again that know what I'm talking about. Life becomes worth living. Regeneration. It changes a person's desires. This newness of life is begotten in the person as well as right relationship with God. Thus, being born again is an act of God resulting in an inner personal resurrection of ourself from sin to a new life in Jesus Christ. When a person has experienced new birth, it should be one of the most joyous occasions in your life. Why is it that you church folks, even in the worst of times, seem to still have a smile on your face? Because even though we get depressed, upset, we get angry, we have emotions flow through us, we still know who sits on the throne and who guides our life. That's why at funerals, we can clap our hands and even though we got grief and tears flowing down our face, we know rewards what happens to those that are born again. Just to know, that God has changed your life from a life of sin and degradation to honor, from misery to happiness, and from darkness into his marvelous light is more than enough to give God thanks and praise. I wake up. I might be hurting in body, but in my spirit I can say thank you God for another day that I can breathe and give you praise from where I was to where I am today could not happen if it had not been for Jesus. The great, I call him great because he's from my time and I like Songwriter Walter Hawkins said it like this. You gave that I might live. You gave that I might be set free. Exchanged your life for mine. What a marvelous thing you've done. Let's take a 
just a moment this morning for some of us to go down memory lane and notice our condition before we were saved. Somebody today say darkness. Thank you. Sin is a work of darkness. Satan is the prince of darkness. And the soul's natural state before Christ was one of night and darkness. By nature, we were involved in the work of darkness. In the darkness of ignorance, that is, ignorance of spiritual things of God and His holiness, of His claims upon our life and our obligations to His word, we were ignorant of His death, His burial, and His subsequent resurrection from that grave. Ignorant of ourselves and the love of God and the way of salvation. The ignorance wasn't just personal to me, but it was universal to all. It covers the hearts of all men and women that are born into this world. Doesn't matter if you're great or learned or illiterate for that fact. The darkness is the characteristic of the unrenewed mind in every state and condition. That is without the knowledge of God. But when I've tasted and seen the goodness of God. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians that you have the ability to cast down imaginations of every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and you have the ability to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That means when you have the chance to hear, you have the obedience, you have it. The word obedience comes, which it was pronounced in, in, in the Greek, uh, hupake. It, it comes from two words, hupo and under. And okay, which means to hear. So the word signifies attentive hearing. To listen with a compliant submission. In agreement. It's used for obedience in general, for obedience to God's commands and for Christ's obedience. When you walk in darkness, the only obedience that you know is submission to the darkness and the flesh. Some of y'all, this is going to be heavy. Somebody say, it's been heavy already, it's going to be heavy. In the darkness... Your spiritual allegiance was to Satan. Your soul was in the prison of satanic control. You were a slave of the devil. You were bound with fetters. You were bound with chains of evil. This state is sometimes described as a pit without water. Or as David described it, a horrible pit. Regions of darkness, shadows of death. But thank God who breaks every fetter and every chain and sets us free. In the darkness of our wretchedness and our misery, and listen, some of y'all didn't even know you were in wretchedness and misery. But again, we go back to the word obedience. Now we hear and now we know and now we see that before we were thought we were happy, but we weren't really happy. We found true happiness when we found God. Now, I'm not saying you didn't smile, you didn't laugh, you didn't cut up, you didn't have a good time. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know of a Christian who doesn't know how to cut up, laugh, and have a good time. But now I can do it with eternal knowing that eternally that my soul has been given to Christ. There's a difference. Now, when I'm ignorant of the fact of the darkness that I'm living in, I don't care about tomorrow. But when I come into the obedience and the hearing of the word of God, he's calling me out of darkness into his marvelous light. I look forward to tomorrow because tomorrow might be the day that the trumpet sounds and I go home to be with him. In the darkness, our souls were overcast with black clouds of guilt and condemnation. We were condemned already and the wrath of God was abiding upon us. We didn't have any hope of future good nor prospect of final happiness. We were like the way lost traveler who lost his way. And like the sailor at midnight who amid the howling blackness of the tempest who can't see because he's being swept out into the sea. 
Because in the darkness of spiritual death, we were dead to God. For some, the only God you knew was in the stories of your grandmother. The only God you knew was at Easter or at Christmas. The only God you knew was in a wedding prayer or maybe a funeral somewhere. You had no knowledge of who God was or what God was. You had an expectation of what church was like, an expectation of what God was like, but you really honestly did not know at all anything about God. We were dead to Him. We were dead not only in our knowledge of Him, but also our trespasses and our sins kept us dead to God. And under the sentence of death, our daily waiting for the wrath was God was to come. The way of the wicked is darkness. They're in darkness from the beginning. Their life becomes darker in its progression, and blackness of eternal darkness in its termination if they don't receive the light. Notice with me this morning the change produced. When God calls you, out of darkness into his marvelous light. It is a change into light. Into the light of what? Into the light of knowledge. Into the light of, the light of freedom. The light of pardon, joy, hope, and the light of eternal light. Your former state entirely canceled and passed away. There's a new era of enjoyment and action that you find in the light of Jesus Christ. How is that? That's now because I have become a new creature in Jesus Christ. It is a change and wonderful change that God has done. Now that you're saved, you walk in the light, this beautiful light. I challenge somebody here today uh, that to come where the dewdrops of mercy shine bright. I challenge you to let it shine all around you uh, by day and by night because Jesus is the light of the world. He is the road out of your darkness. He is the road out of your ignorance. He is the road out of your death. He is the road out of your trespasses. He is the brightest way out. Jesus is the light of the world. Somebody give God praise for that today. So now that you have come into the divine light, His light, According to 2 Corinthians 4 and 6, it says, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Conversion is said to be a dramatic experience that it is best illustrated as light piercing through an overcoming blanket of darkness. In fact, Creation is the only dramatic event strong enough to illustrate conversion. Conversion is so dramatic that it's like creating something new. In the beginning, the world was without void, was void. It had no, nothing. And darkness, what? Covered the face. And Jesus said... Let there be light. And light pierced the darkness that covered the face of the earth. Conversion is like that light. Conversion, when the light shines and pierces through the darkness and the trespasses and the sins that we were ignorant that we were living in. And we become a new creature and a new man to experience the light of his countenance and favor and image, the light of his fellowship with him, the light of his love and joy and of his peace. But preacher man, I've been baptized. I've come to church. I paid tithe. I was an usher. I sang in the choir. I worked in the cafe. Yep. But have you ever been truly immersed in the light of God my wife said it this morning 
people can sit on pews at a church and still go to hell. She stole that line from me. Because we've never allowed the light to pierce our soul. It's a wonderful thing what God has done in the conversion of man. It's astonishing and wonderful to the individual life that has been changed. <laughs> a change which they often try to describe but cannot express. The only way they can describe it is that God filled them with joy unspeakable tell me what it was like bro I would love to tell you what it was like but I can't I don't have a vocabulary that could tell you how I felt I can tell you like I had chills going up down my body but that don't even describe it I had just I wanted to jump out of the building I was so excited some folks get so excited, they're filled with so much joy, they just want to just start jumping, they want to take off running, and people think that's... I go back to my original verse. I ain't seen anybody run at a mall unless they were being chased by a cop. But I've seen people get so full of joy in a church service, they can't help but get beside themselves. Because they begin to think about how the darkness enveloped their mind, enveloped their actions, enveloped their family, how it cursed their children and their home to forever live in the darkness. But one day they came under the hearing of the knowledge that there was something more that could change their life. And conversion took place. And the joy became so bubbling up inside of them that they couldn't keep themselves under the excitement and the emotions of what God has done in their life talk about it go ahead go ahead talk about it it's marvelous it's marvelous to me and I marvel at the fact of the influence that the conversion has in the life in the character of anyone who believes what they've heard. Now, church folks, turn your ears off and don't listen to this, please. And I want to talk to our blessed guests that are here today. Okay? Thank you. Hey, guys, first time here. If we have time, and I could, I'd tell you some stories of some folks that's sitting around you, and it probably would scare you more than what's taken place so far. Because sometimes I get a little bit myself you don't know shoes that have been walked down certain roads that you wouldn't want to step in <laughs> see the ones that are saying that right now those are the ones I'm talking about I'm talking about when you hear horror stories of life them is the people sitting on pews around you but conversion took place on their road of darkness and pierced through the darkness in their life. And the reason they clap their hands and get excited in church today is because of what Jesus did in their life. You see, the old church cliche is, if you knew what God had done for me, you'd understand the worship that I'm doing right now. For if you knew where I was and where I am today, then you know the overjoy and the gladness I have in my heart because the blanket of darkness has been lifted. The sins have been rent. The trespasses have been covered with the merciful blood of God. And I've got a new life to live today. Just to know, just to know that this treasure has been placed in earthen vessels. When we were created in the Garden of Eden, man, 
God formed us from the dust and the mud and the dirt of the earth and breathed life into us. <gasps> we took our first breath. It was the breath of God that brought life into us. We are literal earthen vessels. But to know that that excellency, power of God flows within us, it's not of us, is of him. God's presence is a treasure, precious, priceless. And it's placed into broken, scarred, marred, troubled earthen vessels. God enters into the lives, the bodies of these earthen vessels. They are so weak, worthless, corruptible, perishable. Yet imagine a God of perfection, light, mercy, and grace places himself in such earthly. purpose for this relationship it's more than just a normal relationship it's to show his power by overcoming the weakness the scar the broken vessels he envelops that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us this is a picture of the grandeur and the glory and the preeminence of the power of God. It is the excellency, the great and overcoming power of God. The presence of God in our hearts and bodies is not without power. It has power, power to overcome. I hate to burst somebody's bubble in here today and you could argue with me after service. But AA did not overcome your issues. NA helped you, but it didn't overcome your issues. Celebrate Recovery, a wonderful program, did not give you the power to overcome your problems. It was Jesus. Those programs may help you and endeavor to keep you on your journey. But it was only by the power of God that changed your life from where you were to where you are today. How do you know that, preacher man? Because I know the stories of some that sit here today that were former drug addicts and former alcoholics and former thieves and liars and all kind of mess of sin. But yet when God found them, it changed them from what they were to where they at now. They didn't have the power alone, but when God pierced the darkness of their transgressions, they were able to see the light from where they were to where they are now. And it changed them forevermore it has power to transform us where do you get that at in scripture therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creature all things passed away all things become new not only that but this light has the power to convert and transform us into new creatures I don't like that word creatures I think of creatures I think of things with multiple legs that crawl in the darkness crevices of places think about it some of y'all be honest forthright None of us want to sit out here with signs hanging, you know, those, you know, billboard signs that people put up on them that say, you know, we got pizza, come try the new restaurant, Boost Mobile, we give you the best deal. None of us want to sit here with placards of our sinful nature, walk around, letting everybody know what we used to be. We were some creatures until and when Jesus came in. All things became new. And that you put on the new man, 
which after God <laughs> and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him this light has the power to put his divine nature in us whereby we are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature of God escaping the corruption that this world has given through lust this light, this conversion this change has the power to give us life both abundant while we're here in this temporal way and in eternity beyond this veil of life Jesus said it like this I've come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly he loved us so much that he gave himself that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life the point is this treasure of God's presence is in this earthen vessel this earthly body that is ever so weak and frail but God does so much for us and it's wrought by him well them folks I, I'm not going to stop partying and I'm not going to stop doing this and I tried to live for God and it wasn't this and it went oh you struggled trying to stay in the light but still in the shadow of yesterday and when I tell the darkness to leave I don't want that anymore and begin to fight it and tell it to come behind me because I don't want to see it I want to see the light and be driven by the light and guided by the light I then know what life is really all about I wondered how friends that I've known for so long could lose a love of their life in a tragic way and still lift up hands and praise God why because they have been given a life that's beyond just this temporal world and they understand the goodness and the mercy and the grace of God that is evidently chasing them throughout their life and so when in the midst of their worst nightmare darkness hurt that they could ever imagine they are still able to say my God is good why because God has given them life and life more abundantly and they've tasted and seen that living for God is good this power of God is not of us this change is affected by the influence of the gospel I'm almost done matter of fact I, I gotta quit so come on but they have not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah said Lord who hath believed our report so then faith cometh by hearing hearing by the word of God listen I did not know you were coming today there's only a few folks that call pastor and say I won't be able to be there today Unfortunately, I have this come up and that come up and sickness and tragedy and whatever it might be come up and I understand that but do you think of all messages for me to be able to speak today it just so happened that you were here for this one I'll tell you what's going on God is calling this this call is plain it's full it's free and it's piercing and when that call is received by you with faith it is the power of God to the salvation of your soul Paul said for I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is by the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jews and to the Greek for then are the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith and it is written the just shall live by faith the word power or dunamis means the might energy force and strength that's written within the Word of God the power is of God of his 
very nature. God is the very embodiment of his power. He possesses all power. That is omnipotent power. Within his being, he can do and act as he chooses. That's just what God does. He has chosen to use his power in a loving way by sending preachers to share the good news of the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ of salvation. Being all powerful, God could just wipe men off the face of the earth. Some would say, well, why don't he just wipe all sin off the face of the earth? He could. All evil, he could. But then the greatest thing that man has ever been given would be wiped away, and that is the freedom of choice. God, as a gentleman, will not force living for him on anyone, but he freely gives. But in the goodness and mercy of God, it says, all the days of my life, goodness and mercy have been chasing after me. The power of choice is yours. But right behind you is the goodness and mercy of God. Not giving up. Not letting go. You've been to an altar. You've been to a point. You've had the light, but yet you've walked away. But his goodness and mercy has not given up. And of all messages to be preached, you're here today. By being all powerful, he could just do that, but yet he decided to give us a choice. This tells us critical truth that the very nature of God, the very core of who he is, is simply found love. He's full of compassion, he's full of grace. Yes, his word is unchanged, and when you try to change his word, there are consequences. Consequences that are still derived from love. He's not the God lack. He's not the God of the unknown. He is the God of salvation. Therefore, he sent the gospel of Christ to this world that rejected him. That men, you and I, might be saved. So what do we do? Well, we should show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We can't give an adequate return on what God has told us. But we can render the return demanded in the text to show forth praises. Praises of what? Let me explain very quickly. Jesus came to this world that men and women would have new life. Great teachers came to him by night and asked, you know, tell us about the salvation. And he said, every man must be born again of water and of spirit. Well, how could I, you know, being born again, how could I enter again into my mother's womb? I'm a full-grown man. What sarcasm. He told him, you can't enter into the kingdom of heaven unless you've been born again of the water and the spirit. He was talking about baptism and the infilling of God's spirit within us. That light. Fast forward. He's taken, he's crucified. He's killed, he's placed into a tomb. He raises three days like he told us he was going to do. Just like those men at the temple. And the man that was lame. And he asked, he said, I'll buy healing from you, buy this. Give me something, give me something. And he said, we don't have any silver or gold, but what we have, we'll give you. And those people wanted to kill him, wanted to kill those disciples. They said, how can we do this? How can we deny what we've seen? How can we deny? They were waiting in an upper room. Jesus said to wait there until the power comes. But I told you, this comforter. And there... It was a supernatural thing that took place and it was an unnatural wind that rushed through the building. And everyone that was in there was filled with the Spirit of God in a supernatural way. And then they went out from the room and they were just, people thought they were drunk. They thought they were peculiar. They thought they were crazy. And they asked. Peter began to preach. 
phenomenal message. And they listened to it, and the knowledge that they were living in darkness came to their mind. And he, they said, then, then what do we have to do to get this light? And, and Peter told them the words that he was given when he was given the keys to the kingdom. He said, you got to repent. What is repentance? Repentance is the first thing that you know that you have seen the light in the midst of your darkness. I understand that I am a sinner and that I need God, that I must repent of my ways, understand who I am and where I need to be. And he said, you need to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. In other words, God, in his core of love, loved us so much that he could not allow us to continue to live in those sins. And so he gave us a way of being buried. The old man coming up new. Wow. Newsflash. The water in the baptistry tank is warm, first of all. Very warm. But it's just normal water. The water is just a symbolic way of being buried and coming up clean. The greatest thing is, is when His Spirit then can come into you in a supernatural way. And you'll speak in other tongues as the way that the Bible tells us that the Spirit would give us the utterance to do such. That is how we know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that the light has pierced the darkness of our soul. I can't praise God in the fullness until I know the fullness of my God. Some would say today, I, 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 I'm just not like that. I'm just not that kind of person to lift up hands and say hallelujah and get excited and clap and all that stuff. I understand. I you're right. But when you have experienced him in his fullness, then you're able to praise him in his fullness. sarcastic moment there for a minute and I listened to you I'm keeping it to myself I'll tell you it later <laughs> the Lord is good in his benefits but more than that the Lord is good in himself when we taste of him we are fulfilled his fulfillment Paul's fulfillment were not found in the lives of ease doesn't become easy simply because we've been born again. It just means it becomes easy in knowing, doing His will. To lack Christ is to lack everything. To have Christ is to have everything. Thus, those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Psalm says it like this, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works. For He satisfies the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. I understand. I want my singers to come, my musicians. If they're not up there, I'll get my singers to come, please. Can you imagine how these people must have felt to be in a condition of total confusion. Not knowing which way to turn. And realizing that at every hour they were near to death. Under the boot of the Roman Empire, the one who was the teacher, the miracle worker, now gone. Their hope for a Messiah, their mind was dead. And these crazy folks begin to tell about something that happened to them that just wasn't natural. And yet God had already in his infinite wisdom placed within a man. Let me stop and add an imperfect man who denied Christ on the, on the night of his death. 
who failed at the most crucial moment that God would need him. God gave him a message. And he gave that message to those people in the midst of their need, condition, and total confusion. And may I say, he saved their lives. For that day, many were redeemed from the Lord, by the Lord, from their darkness. A lot of us only want God in our lives when we're in trouble. A lot of us only want to come to God when we're in pain, agony, despair. When we feel like we're at the end of our rope. Sorry. But I can't give you a God that only wants to change your life in the midst of trouble. I can't give you a God that's just going to tie another rope knot in your rope of existence. Can't do it. I don't know that God. But I know a God that knows your condition, knows your life, and he can change it. I can't give you that God, but God can give himself to you. I can only tell you of what God's done for me. Every day, those of you that know me, I'm a very transparent person. Every day of my life, I have to say, I can't believe you've given me this day. Knowing me, my faults, my fear, maybe I'm super critical of myself how God would give me this chance. And so I'm excited. I'm joyful. I'm thankful. I lift up hands. Stand with me this morning, please. Story has it. There was a man in Scotland who spent the day fishing and stopped at an inn the evening time for refreshments for an audience that he would share his stories with, as fishermen do. And he described the one that got away. You all know what I'm talking about. He described it with the usual hand gestures. To indicate the size of the fish catch that got away he flung his hands out without watching though where they were going and when he did he struck a waitress who was just about to set a cup of tea on a table when the cup and its contents were dashed it splattered all over the wall and immediately an ugly brown stain appeared on a white surface the fisherman rightfully so was embarrassed and apologized one of the guests that was sitting there got up from a table and said, don't worry, I got this. He took a pen from his pocket. He walked over to the wall where the stain was and he began to sketch round the spot. Very intricately, taking his time. And there where that ugly stain was on that beautiful white wall, he took and began to paint with his pen and his imagination, seeing what no one else could see, a magnificent royal deer with huge stately antlers. The artist was a man by the name of Sir Edward Lancet, a famous painter of animals in England. I tell you that story because in a way that's what God does for us. Our faults and sins were like a big ugly brown spot wall of our life God like the manner of the painter seeing us in our embarrassment of who we were the stain stands up from nowhere takes us from what we are makes us into something beautiful when that change comes change of us, our change comes. Only then could we be able to tell those in 
darkness around us. What a dear Savior we found. And point to His redeeming blood. Cry. He's worthy of my song. So I say, I give you my worship. You still deserve it. You're worthy. Some today don't understand. I, I, I get it. Maybe it's an illumination of the ministry. I don't know. Some in here get it. Tears flowing. Hearts welled up. Biting at the bit for me to say, let's come and pray. Some today still don't get it because he's not your song yet. But my heart is changing. And my ears have heard. And my mind has been illuminated of the change needed. But for some, I'm going to sing till my heart starts changing. I'm going to worship till I mean every word. Because the way that I feel and the fear that I'm facing doesn't change who you are or what you deserve. You don't understand. I know. I know you don't don't grasp it. I'm here to tell you this morning. The hearing of the word, knowing without God, it's just no hope. I wonder if there's anybody here today, guest, member, friend, invitee, whoever it might be, if someone will say. I don't even know what it is. Something today is just driving me to lift up my hands. You're worthy. Cry out, you're worthy. Worthy. You're worthy of my song. 